Today, Ecoville is in Botswana, where we meet Pato Kilisite, the host of Sustain 267, which is an environmental podcast which focuses on climate change and sustainable practices for Botswana and Africa. Pato joins us on the show so we can discuss the role of media in representing issues of climate change on the continent. Hi, Pato. Welcome to the program. Hi, Nossi. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. So can you please tell us about yourself and why you started your podcast? Okay. Um, so like you said, my name is Batakilisite and I um, am interested in issues of environment and gender equity and, and just sustainable development in Africa. And those are the areas that I work in. And the reason that I started the podcast was because... Firstly, I was concerned about the lack of African voices um, when it comes to issues of climate change, even though we'll be the worst affected, um, even though we'll be the worst affected region in the world, Sub-Saharan Africa, that is. We're contributing the least, but we are the worst affected. And I was concerned by the lack of um, African voices, African stories, African solutions Mm -hmm. on the mainstream platform. And I thought to do something about it. That's how we got to Sustain 267 podcast. So what do you think is the role of mass media and climate change mitigation? Um, I think the role of mass media, I think, is to inform. But also in informing, it needs to be, it needs to inform responsibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and when people are informed, they will be moved to act. So I have a belief that we can't address climate change, whether at mitigation, adaptation, Um, building resilience if we don't know about it and mass media can help us know about it and then the next step will be to act on it so to inform but to also inform responsibly Um, not this whole thing of let's debate if science is science Mm -hmm. we know climate change is here it's rather irresponsible at this time to now be saying is it here is it not by um mainstream media so yeah i think that is the role of mass media to inform so in your assessment how has the mainstream media in africa represented the issues of climate change i think it's underrepresented it i think it's barely represented the issue of climate change because even when you look at issues like um the floods if you look at Mm -hmm. issues like um, tsunamis and the like we're not connecting those to climate change we talk about them as if they're an independent issue over there. Um, you know, this um, natural, mm-hmm. <laughs> I use natural quite loosely, disasters mm-hmm. are unrelated to our climate. So I think now there is a bit of, there is a bit of an increase in reporting on climate change in mainstream media in Africa, but there's space for improvement and we need to start making the links between the causes and effects. I can give you an example of recently the floods in Europe, right? So in my in my own assessment of how it was reported in Africa, there was a disconnect. Like what, mm. it's, it's got nothing to do with anything uh, that would happen in Africa or it will not affect us in any way. But I, I yeah. personally, as a media person, felt that um, it should be actually used as early warning signs. Like if we do not change the way we live or if we do not cut down on greenhouse gas emissions, this is what's going to happen to everyone on the planet. So I feel in the reporting, there's there's some kind of a, of a disconnect. I definitely agree with you there. But so once again, the whole thing of just 
um, responsible reporting. Mm. Um, we can't really take these as indicators for climate change and what climate change will mean for us if we're not connecting these floods to climate change directly, if we're talking about them as if they're two different things. Mm. So the sooner we start talking about them in the same breath, the sooner we then take that as a sign of what's to come if we don't act in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you think that mainstream media in Africa has been successful in bringing relevant information on climate change to its audiences? I don't think so. <laughs> I think they try. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think maybe now there's more of an effort. Do you know what? Um, I should say that we're seeing growth in that area. There has definitely been significant um, increase on an annual basis. I mean, if you look at reports now in 2020 and compare um, them to now in 2021, compare them to 2020 and take it a few years back, you realize that there is growth, there is improvement. We maybe just need to accelerate that improvement. Um, But yes, we're not there yet, Mm. but it's encouraging that we are on the road to getting there. Okay. Um, Is the media in Africa keen on climate change reporting? Um, do you know from the work that I do? So I I should say that I don't work in I don't consider myself mainstream media through the podcast through Sustain mm-hmm. 367 podcast. I think we do more storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but is the media keen? I think they are, but we also need to remember that I mean it's media is a business. They're going to write about what um, people like, seem to be interested in. We then need really really crafty talented journalists who can tap into the human angle of these climate issues and then um, people will want to read it and then um, hopefully media will be interested in it. I mean, it's quite sad that most of these things are driven by money. Um, Media is putting at the front what will drive their sales. But I think if, if they're... If they try hard enough and if they're dedicated enough to communicating climate change, they can um, they can sculpt these stories in such a way that people want to hear them. And yeah, I'd like to see a bit more um, appetite from the media, though, and them taking more initiative. Mm-hmm. But but what. Um what ways do you think can uh, be used to actually encourage mainstream media? Because you're talking about profits. What do you think can be done to actually encourage mainstream media to actually take an interest in uh, climate issues? I think once again, um, going back to making these issues relevant, um, making climate change crossing climate change over from just the science to its human impact um, mainstream media is mostly, I would say, interested in human impact stories. So if we're talking about um, climate change and we're talking about a two degree increase, no one wants to read that. I'm interested in climate change and I barely want, okay, what's a two degree increase? What does that even mean mm, for me? That's true. If we're, then, um, putting a, if we're then putting a human face on it and it's a thing of with the two degree increase, uh, well, due to the increase, that we've seen so far, um, but the Gilisite, who's from a farming family in Khaburuna Botana, their farm, um, and this is how this has affected them. 
um they are getting x um x bags of maize less which has meant that this has impacted her going to school in this way or it's impacted their lives in this way now we're putting a face to it we're putting a human angle to it we're putting how it's actually affecting humans and thus people will take an interest so yeah i think i think that's yeah yeah i, I think putting a human face to it that, that, that would be it becomes more relatable because people can relate yeah. to it in terms of their day-to-day yeah. lives. So, yeah. so I think that yeah, I think that would be the start. Mm-hmm. And then additionally, working on breaking down the science um, and tra- translating the science really. Mm-hmm. Mm. So how crucial is the media in the fight to save the environment? Very, very important. Um, I mean. <laughs> Like I said earlier, we can't solve um, we can't solve problems we don't know exist. And media are kind of you know frontline in terms of sharing information, sharing what's going on. They're how we know. They're how I know about what's going on in Save Lamu. They're how I know, or how we know about the floods in uh, that were happening in New York and U- Europe. They're how we know about the water issues in Ethiopia. So they are really, they're one of like the most important parts of this. You have the emergence of social media platforms now. So what role can social Mm -hmm. media platforms play as an alternative to traditional media in relation to reporting on issues of climate change? Um, I don't know if we can say social media platforms can be an alternative, but I do think that they can augment what's already being done by traditional media because with social media, let's say um, looking at it from individuals, Mm -hmm. if you look at my social media platforms, what I see there, I'm not trying to be, um, I'm not trying to be, I've I've got, how can I put this? I've got a goal of, I want people to act on climate and there are certain things that I want and that I'll advocate for in my personal capacity. Mm-hmm. traditional media then comes in oh, well to go back a bit on that mm-hmm. on social media it's a lot less regulated people mm-hmm. can say whatever they want and if you follow that you might end up like in a little what you call this slippery slope not a slippery slope but where you're just like going deeper and deeper and deeper mm-hmm. um and traditional media will then help balance that out so if we're going to mm-hmm. talk if traditional media is going to talk about carbon credits, they will say, these are the advantages of carbon credits. These are um, the disadvantages. Whereas on social media, if one person takes a stand against them, they're probably going to only share things that are against um, mm-hmm. uh, that. Are against that. So I think uh, social media is important for getting stories from the ground. It's important for getting people's experiences it's important for getting the message out there, but I don't think it. I don't think it dilutes the relevance of traditional media. So it well, goes this back. Is, I'm, it, I'm talking individual platforms versus traditional media. Yeah. Right. So it still goes back to responsible reporting because everything yeah. needs to be fact checked. Eh? Yeah. Mm, okay. Uh, so we're still in a global pandemic, and there is less physical interaction. How can we use media to keep the conversation going on climate change? Um, report like report on it um, on your social media. Share stories that you read. Um, maybe someone will come across a 
really informative media piece that I haven't come across. And if they share it on their timeline, then we get to all um, read it and we all get to be informed from it. So, yeah, I think with media and a lot, I think now all media houses surely must be online. So reading those stories, keeping ourselves um, informed on what's going on, sharing those stories. And even with media houses, as they come to see that there's these clicks and people seem interested in knowing more about this, hopefully that will also um, spur them to share more of those um, climate-related stories and climate action stories and climate solutions. And yeah. Uh, so what can be done to increase access to information for audiences in relation to environmental issues? make it more readily available in a language that people understand. So if you look at the recent IPCC report, mm -hmm. it was written in such simple, simple English. That was one of my favorite things about yes, it. It was written true. in simple English yeah, where people could understand it. I read the other reports and th that was written by scientists. So <laughs> a start would be um, for the scientists to write in a way that, um, well, make their the information consumable mm -hmm. um, and then just where the information is available, making it more available across across different platforms. So whether I want to um, read the newspaper, whether I want to learn about it, in, whether I'm learning about it in school, whether it's on my social media, just make it more accessible. A lot of this information currently is in academic journals, which are behind um, paywalls, um, making them a little difficult to access. But even if you access them, my goodness, a academic yeah. writing yeah. is it's quite boring, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very hard to understand. And it's hard to understand. Uh -huh. so, um, I think increasing access would definitely just be um, increasing the platforms where it's where this information is available and the language we communicate, making it, um, making the language that we communicate in our everyday language or lay people language. Actually, actually, you brought up a very important point because when you talk about language, I'm like, oh, okay, sometimes it's not even translated into local language, which means even English becomes a barrier because some people don't even understand it, eh? Yeah. So um, lastly, what are your future exactly. plans? Mm. Um, in terms of the podcast or... In terms of the podcast. Oh, okay. So with the podcast, um, we're hoping to, well, we're working on some resources currently um, that will also feed into the whole idea that we want to be able to, to amplify more African voices. So we're working on two resources which would help people find African scientists and another resource which would help people find um community-based organizations to support directly across the African continent. Um, and then hopefully we're hoping that the podcast will also be more consistent. Um, currently we're basically a one, well, two man team, so to speak. Uh, yeah. One and a half man team. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So, so our releases are quite inconsistent. We're hoping to get more consistent with that. Um, I don't know if you've seen our Patreon page. We've got a Patreon page where people, if they'd like to support our podcast, can. And through financial support, hopefully then we'll be able to be more consistent. 
um, have a wider reach and mm-hmm. do more projects that um, feed into what we would like, feed into climate solutions across Africa. And once again, amplifying the voices of Africans. And yeah. Well, thank you, Pata, for joining us. And thank you, Nancy. We wish you all the success with your podcast. And please continue to spread consciousness on climate change through your podcast. Thank you. And um, great job with Ecoville as well. Wishing you all the best as well. We really need, we really need more, more, more of these across Africa. I mean, we need like five podcasts in each country where if someone maybe doesn't like my delivery style, they have fifty options of where they can get to get mm. their information. They can listen to non C, they can listen to who else has a oh Sophie Mbungwa. She hosts African Climate Conversations, I think. Yes, she's from um, Kenya, right? Yeah. And yeah. then there's Olivia, I think from Nigeria. So we, we need more of us doing having these conversations. We there's no such thing as um the space being too full. I'm glad to see uh, your podcast here and I'm really wishing you all the best in the space hey thank you and I wish you all the best thank you <laughs> okay so please follow sustain 267 on Facebook and sus- subscribe to their channel on anchor their handle is sustain 267 thank you again to all our listeners please don't forget to subscribe like and follow us on our social media pages our handle is ecoville zw on all platforms join us next week for another episode i'm your host